There we go. Well, good morning. Is it okay to talk to you in soft tones today? I've had a sore throat this week, and uh, it's gone. Sore throat's gone, but there's this this tickle that's in the name of Jesus is gone as well. <clears throat> and it's just you know what it's like. So hey, thanks, John. I, I can I can feel you uh, increasing the volume there. I, uh, I started last Sunday um, a two-part series on just um, a, a powerful subject, and the subject was all around. Um, last week we, hello, yeah, last week we started it, and it was uh, talking about the power of incredible power of gratitude. So I want to turn to Psalm 100, verses one to five. There's 150 psalms, and if you were to if you were to pick a psalm out of those 150, uh, they're all great. Psalms mean songs or poems, okay? You could probably just touch it down a bit, John, I think I'm right. I'll, I think I'll get stronger as I go. But um, psalms are, are, are like poems or, or, um, or songs. And, um, and uh, this, if you were to pick a psalm in, in the sense of content, um, while all of them are God-inspired and incredible, uh, this particular song of song 100 or Psalm 100 is inspiring. Uh, th- this, is, this is one of those songs that the Jewish people possibly would sing as they went into the temple through the gates of the, the outer court and the, as they were coming to the temple and they would be, before they worshipped God, they'd be, they'd be possibly singing or repeating or chanting these words. Okay, obviously in, um, in Hebrew, uh, not in English like we have it today, but here's the English version, here's the translation, Psalm 100, what verses? One, there's five verses, five power-packed verses. Have you got it? <clears throat> it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all your lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence of singing. Know that the Lord, he is who? God. And it is he who has made us and not we ourselves, and we are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Enter into his gates with uh, thanksgiving and into his courts with what? Praise. Uh, Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. If you were to look for the different versions of the Bible, because you know we have the New King James Version, we have the Old King James Version, we have the Amplified, we have the New New International Version, we have the Message Bible, and we have a myriad of of different versions. And everyone has sincerely sought to translate the the original Hebrew and Greek. but um, and, and, and if you looked at according to the diversion, version you might have, it'll say at the top of this psalm, a psalm of thanksgiving. Actually, the majority of the versions say a psalm of thanksgiving. Some will say a psalm of praise. Um, both titles are apt. Both titles are appropriate. Um, but I have my own title for this psalm, and, it's this, and I call it the psalm of gratitude. Because I think gratitude... Out of gratitude comes so much more. Out of gratitude comes praise. Out of gratitude in your heart comes joy. Out of gratitude comes thankfulness. But gratitude. And so, you know, that's just my thoughts. And they didn't call it that, and that's okay. But I want to just bring to your attention 
uh, that the realities of, of this whole psalm, I think it's, it's stimulated, and I think the Jewish people, as they walked into the temple, out of gratitude, would have been singing or saying these words as they came in. You'll notice in verse 4 uh, that it actually says, uh, enter in his gates with what? Thanksgiving, and then it repeats it and it says into his course with praise, but the repeat is be thankful. There's the word thank again, thankful unto him and bless his name. The word thankful, if you, it was written initially in Hebrew, but if you translated it in, into, uh, you know, if you looked at the, a meaning of it, <clears throat> it would be this is to, ex- the, the word thankful or thankfulness and thanksgiving means to extend the hands. So it has a physical reflection of the internal attitude okay now you all we all know that extending the hands you can do it you know it doesn't necessarily reflect the heart we can do it because oh we better do this you know or we can do it but when we do it in sincerity is a reflection of what's in our heart and and this is what the word thankful means it means to it literally means to extend the hands Uh, don't we do that in worship to God we we in response to what our gratefulness and worship we worship comes out of our heart and, and, and in response to that we have a physical thing that we do and that physical thing is sometimes it's different reactions we all have and it can be one of the things we do is to extend the hands uh, you know but maybe this morning some of us might say well yeah I, I, I'm not comfortable with that and that's cool you don't have to lift your hands but I just want to say this, never not lift your hands because you're just an embarrassment. You think, oh, I'll be embarrassed by doing it. Never do that. Never do it for that reason. You know, Because it's a wonder, it can be a wonderful reflection of an inner thought process that's going. Our physical manifestations, sometimes out of joy, you might jump around and dance. Um, you know, it, 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 there needs to be a sincerity, but I would encourage you. Sometimes you, you, you extend your hands by faith and say, oh God, I'm just believing, I'm just believing, I don't feel like it today. But you, there can be an important part of the way that we worship physically can, ref, can be wonderful in, that, in reflecting our heart, but also doing something in our heart. There's a faith step sometimes you've got to take. And the truth is, none of us can look at each other and say, oh, you're doing that, and we're doing it for this reason, because it's all internal, isn't it? And we just need to be thankful and, and, um, for each other and appreciate each other and, and how we worship. But the truth is, about this extending the hands thing, we've been doing it all our life. Because if you think about it, when you were a little baby of the age of two, or maybe a little child, what did you do if you wanted your parents to pick you up? Come on, extend, extend the hands. Isn't that true? We don't do it as if you're an adult this morning now, but maybe that's what you need to do to God because you position yourself as a child and saying, Mum and Dad, would you pick me up? In other words, in that place of being picked up is the care and security and the love that we can give our child. And maybe that to God would be the same, that we would position not just our physical body but our heart and say, God, pick me up because in that place, your arms is care and security and a future. You've got to position yourself sometimes. Do you know even as an adult, we extend our hands for all types of gestures and all types of desires. Sometimes, you know, we extend our hands um, and it reflects what's happening in our heart. Uh, but we can extend our hands for many different reasons. Sometimes to display love for a person. 
you know. We give them a hug. We extend our hands and we hug people and we say, you know, I love you. Sometimes we, 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 we extend our hands to, to welcome a person. We haven't seen them for a while. If, if they jump off the plane and we're there to meet them, we give them a hug. You extend your hands. You, you, you know, sometimes we extend our hands to celebrate with other people their achievements. Isn't that true? On the sporting field, someone does something great. We all run around and hug each other. Men hug each other because they're, they're celebrating achievement. They're extending the hands. Can you see this principle that works around our lives? And then, then there's this one. Um, we extend our hand uh, for what it says in verse 4 because we just, we're just thankful to someone. We're just grateful to someone. You know, this past two months, I've seen people come up to bushfire, the, the, the firefighters, and just give them a hug and they don't even know them. Why are they doing that? Because they just want to say, thank you. Thank you. And that's what uh, that this verse 4 is saying. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I just thank you, God. It's positioning ourselves to give God thanks and to be grateful. Um, so this morning, I, I want to just talk about some areas just um, this morning. Areas that things that will happen when we're grateful. Do you know, gratefulness is the catalyst for breakthrough in our lives. It always starts with a thankful and grateful heart. That's not one of my points this morning, but I was just aware of that this morning. Just that attitude of thankfulness, that attitude of gratitude is, is, a, is positioning yourself for something good and amazing to happen that God can do. So, but let's, so let's just talk about the important things of what happens when we have great gratitude. We started last week, uh, but I just want to finish it today. Um, you know the first thing about gratitude? Is, it, it says in verse 1 of this Psalm 100, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Did you notice it wasn't a whisper? <laughs> Did you notice it's not even conversation kind of level um, speaking? It's not like what I'm speaking now. It, the, 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 the psalmist wrote this and he says, Make a shout. In other words, and what happens when you make a shout is, is you speak something into the atmosphere and you make a declaration, don't you? I want to say, this is the first thing about gratitude. When you, when you shout in thankfulness or gratitude, you actually it brings a joyful, it can, it, it can change the atmosphere. Now you might say, what, literally change the atmosphere? Well, well, it's amazing what can happen in the atmosphere of gratitude, how attitudes change. When people are standing around thinking and being grateful. and th Have you ever walked into a room and everybody's chatting and saying, wow, this happened this week and they're thankful and oh, I had a great week and all the things that happened. Or even had a bad week. But you know what? I'm just, I, this is, there's this hum around the room of gratitude. And it all starts with that attitude and that speaking out and speaking thankfulness. But if you, it, it creates a wonderful atmosphere. I walked into church this morning from just through this door here, and I, could, and I actually said to someone, oh, it's great to hear everybody chatting and excited. It, it creates an atmosphere of, and, it crea and you might say, do we actually create an atmosphere of faith? Well, absolutely. But you say, well, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah, but he works in your heart to create the opportunity. See, when God touches our heart, um, <clears throat> he often touches our heart and works through us when, we, when, when we're speaking the truths of his word and not the negatives of, of life. 
And, it, and it's through the attitude of gratitude that God can do incredible things. And so we can ch literally change atmospheres because uh, it says, Make a joyful shout, all ye lands. You notice it says, All ye lands. Do you know that this is quite different to what the Jewish people were really um, uh, different to what they normally said because it was all about the Jews. But here the psalmist says, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every color, every race, hey, all of you need to be involved in bringing a shout of praise to God. Make a joyful shout unto him out of the gratitude of your heart. And I'm glad that we could do that um, even in this place today. Gratitude brings warmth into a room. Ingratitude. You ever walked into a place where there's ingratitude? It just sucks the life out of a room. Negativity sucks the life out of a room. You ever walked into people behind their hand talking and you don't know what they're saying? Are they talking about me? Are they talking about me? It just sucks the life out of it. So we do. Our words, and more importantly, our words create atmospheres in our own heart. You know, I, on the 27th of, of last month, two days after Christmas, I had the opportunity to go with my brother and, and my son-in-law Stephen and my brother Jason and his two children to a, to a game of cricket at the Gold Coast in the stadium there. And it's only the second live game that I've ever been to. Second live game I've ever been of cricket. So I was quite excited to go. And it was one of these um, cricket games where it's limited overs, only 20 overs each. So it's called the Big Bash. It, you know, it's on television at the moment. Anyway, I, when I went, there was about eight to 10,000 people in the stadium. And, and we're sitting, um, a, a couple, you know, sitting up in the stadium a little bit. And, and I noticed the organisers of, of the cricket game were continually trying to get everybody upbeat. Because there'd be this music playing, there'd be this, there'd be this excitement going around. The, this, if, and, if, and if there was a dull moment, they'd change it and, and they'd start to, come on, everybody, give a, you know, give a shout to the team. Come on, cheer on your team. And there'd be this vo and the voices rise up. And, and if there was someone scored a six, there'd be this powerful, uh, there'd be this powerful um, note of excitement. Everybody would lift their voice and cheer when they scored a six. And if someone got out, they'd, they'd everybody cheer. I noticed the, and, and if there was a dull moment, they'd, they'd have the cameras panning through the crowd and they had this, uh, what do they call it when they get married couples to kiss? What are they? Kiss cam. And you know, and everybody would look at the big screen and you'd have to kiss someone even if it wasn't your wife or your husband. And, and everybody would be excited and cheering and they didn't do it to me because there was no girl beside me. It was just my brother. I wasn't about to kiss him. Anyway, that's the reality of it. <clears throat> but it was interesting. They tried to keep it very upbeat. And the atmosphere was quite dynamic. The atmosphere was quite dynamic. Because the organisers were never letting a dull moment happen. But, you know, there came a moment when the, when the guy in the field um, hit a six. And it was just to the right of me. And, and you know, and this, this ball's coming down and coming down. And it was an incredible hit up into the grandstand. And, you know, I, I got caught up in it. I stood up with the rest of them. And went, yeah! I thought, oh, what am I doing? getting excited about this game. <laughs> but you know what? As much excitement as there was, I noticed there was a guy on the, on the, on the field. He was on the, board, on the boundary. And, and, this, and the batsman hit a ball right to him. It was a sitter. And it was about this height above his head. And guess what? He missed it. And it went, for, it went over the boundary rope and it was a six. And there was four guys in front of me who had had a few too many to drink. And they gave him so much... 
hard time. They said, you can't catch anything, blah, 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 blah. They were ripping it into him. Thankfully, he didn't react. He kind of, he felt embarrassed enough, and I felt for him. You know, why embarrass him more? The poor guy's dropped the ball. I, I gather it was a, wasn't a, it was a pretty easy one, and you dropped it, but don't give him, don't do it. And you know what? Within that group of people in that sphere of this, this field, it just sucked the life out of the atmosphere of that little area. Well, you all went, ooh. See, negativity does that, folks. And when you grumble, 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 it'll suck the atmosphere out of your heart for faith. But when you have an attitude of gratitude, it builds the opportunity for God to work and build something in our hearts of faith. It does something in the atmosphere of our hearts more than anything else. We're cool with that. See, Proverbs 15, 15 says this, All the days, all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. That's Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15. Do you know what the verse is really saying? You know what it's saying? You choose. See, you, you, can, you can see all the negative stuff around you and be oppressed by that. Or you can see all the negative stuff and still have an attitude of gratitude and a cheerful heart and find out of that attitude of gratitude that your soul is feasting on the positives, even though there's so many negatives around you. Just having a thankful heart, it can, it can sustain you in your soul, sustain you in your life. And aren't we all about having a good thoughts, good mind, good heart attitude? This is what gratefulness does. This is what cheerfulness does. It can sustain you. And notice it says a continual feast. What, about, what would it be like if every day you got up out of your bed and the first thing you started to think was just say, thank you, God, that I have a bed, because <laughs> many don't. Thank you, God, that I just had a reasonable sleep, even if it wasn't that good. I just thank you. I'm going to have a better one tomorrow night. I'm believing for that. Thank you, God, you know, that I didn't go to bed last night hungry. <laughs> just imagine if you continually... Just thought and just gave thanks. I tell you what, it changes the mood of your and the atmosphere of your life. Amen? Amen. I'm going to continue here. There was a, the second thing about gratitude. It brings, it, it says in verse 2 of Psalm 100, if we'll go back there, it says this. Um, serve, make a joyful shout in verse 2. Serve the Lord with what? And come before his friends of singing. Isn't it interesting? Gratitude does that. It brings an appreciation for opportunities. You see, two words that don't seem to ever fit together would be serve and gladness. But here we have them. Serve and gladness. And we, when we see, often gladness uh, comes when we are served. Uh, but to serve and be glad doesn't always happen. Come on. You've got to serve. That's not exciting. No, 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 no. God says you can serve with a great attitude. See, it, it brings an, when you have gratitude, it brings an appreciation for opportunities that you have to serve. I love that. When we have gratitude, it allows us to serve God and be happy about it. Gratitude opens up the opportunities to even serve and serve as something that we can be excited about and not grumpy about. And when you continue to serve, it's amazing what opportunity um, rises for you just through serving and helping and having a great attitude. I, I, um, I was uh, just interested in Exodus chapter 16. There's a passage there about the, Egypt, the Israelites. And, and we mentioned this last week, but this is a different thought. Israelites had been in slavery in Egypt for about 400 years. 400 years. 
And it says in Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 and 3, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, This is the children of Israel. They're out of slavery. They're in the wilderness. Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, that we sat, sorry, that we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to, to the full, for you have brought us out of the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. There we go. So we see the Israelites are out of slavery, and yet all they can do is they can all they, all they can do is see the problems and they grumble. Now here's the response that through um, Mo, that Moses and Aaron give. Let's go to verse seven of Exodus 16. It says, "In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord." For he hears your complaints against the Lord, but what are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints against which you make against him, notice. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Here's the interesting point. You would have thought that the Israelites would have been happy that they're not in slavery to Egypt any longer. You thought they would have been happy. They would have been, but no, they're grumbling, and yet they're not in slavery anymore. The interesting thing, isn't it interesting how the past is better than the present, or when all we can do is grumble in life? Come on. The past, we, sometimes we think, oh, it was so good back then. You ever heard that say, some, well, when I, it was better back then. I, I, it may have been, but that's a terrible way to live life, always living in back then. Because, and often you'll find if a person is like that, there's an element of ingratitude or grumbling in their hearts. In gr- grumbling in their hearts. And, and, and what we, you know, grumbling will always make us think the present is nowhere near as good as the past. I want to tell you, today is better than it was yesterday. I want to tell you, my life right now is better than 30 years ago. And you know what? Why? Because I made a decision that I'm going to be grateful for what i got right now. My marriage is better than when it was the first year of my marriage. It was a great year, the first year of my marriage. But I tell you what, my 33rd year is looking pretty hot too. Why? Because I made a decision that I've got the most incredible wife who I love dearly. And I make a decision every day to love her, to be thankful for her, and to live with her. You see, you, you could look, oh, well, we're, When my wife was young and (laughs) good-looking, I had a great marriage. Gentlemen, have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror lately? (laughs) You're looking a little bit overweight. The muscles have sunk into the drawers. And you just need to be thankful. But you know, the outward appearance is nothing. The inward... Anyway, we won't go there. See, you got to... Ingratitude keeps you looking at the past. Gratitude always keeps you thankful for the present and excited about the future. The Israelites, all they could do was grumble about their present and yet they were out of slavery. They're not in slavery anymore. And they're saying, oh, at least we had some meat in Egypt to eat. Or didn't God provide quail in the desert so they had meat and if I was given quail every day, I mean, that'd be pretty exciting. They're very nice to eat, apparently. See, they couldn't see it. Uh, the Israelites used to dream about being free, but now that they're free, they're dreaming about going back 
Don't do that. That's what grumbling and complaining and ingratitude will do to your life. I always remember as a young man when I was 17 and, had, and was getting my license, I'd always dream about not only having my license but having a car to drive and not having anybody else to have to take me around places. I'd be able to do it myself. Um, it was always it was an exciting thought and an exciting dream. I'll be able to drive myself one day. Who's ever had that thought in their life? I'm looking forward to that, a couple of us. Yeah, good on you, James. Just We'll stick together. So... The thing but that's interesting is this. Uh, when I, at the age of 18, I got my license, it was exciting, and then my dad gave me the family car. It was a 1969 Holden, um, so it was pretty old already. It was 20 plus years old, but I was excited. But then I found I started to kind of grumble because I had to pay for petrol. And I started to grumble because every now and then the car would break down at the most inopportune moments at lights and the gears would get stuck and everything would be under the bonnet wriggling around the linkages for the gears and trying to get, you know, and I started to get an attitude of ingratitude and I thought, just wait a second, six months ago I was really, I was dreaming about this moment and now I'm complaining. I want to tell you something, when we have when we appreciate the moments and what we have, you'll appreciate the opportunities and you'll serve with gladness and be thankful for what you've got. And the truth is, when you come across difficult circumstances, they're not full stops. They're just speed bumps to your progress because gratitude, an attitude of gratitude keeps on taking you on and forward. The wonderful thing about it, I started to be thankful for my car. I started to realize, you know what, even though I've got to pay for petrol and even though it breaks down, you know, one day what happened is a young lady come along and she had a better car and I married her. <laughs> Not for the car. But it wasn't a bad thing. And I retired the old hole in Kingswood and the little Pulsar, uh, Nissan Pulsar uh, hatch, Two door, wow, gears <laughs> on the floor. Anyway, let's not go there. So, other thing about gratitude. The third thing about gratitude. It says in verse 3, Know that the Lord, he is God, of Psalm 100, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his what? Pasture. The one thing that we need to see about God is this not some kind of great person or he's just not a nice person. God is the actual creator of the universe. Do you realize you are worshiping the creator of the universe? And yet the creator of the universe comes down and he has made you and me. He's particularly interested in you. He particularly is fond of you. No, no matter where you stand today, whether you've been in church for decades or been in, you're here for the first time, God has always loved you and thought you incredible. Okay? You've got to understand that. So we've got to appreciate that. So if he's created us, it says that we are his people and the sheep of his pastures. There's a wonderful metaphor that Jewish people would particularly understand because shepherds cared for their sheep so individually. They knew them by name. And he says, we're the sheep of his pastures. That's what we are. And, and, and it's interesting because in Psalm 23, that wonderful psalm of David, it says, the, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want anything. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. 
In other words, he provides an incredible place of coolness and peace and rest in our God. This is the point I want to make. Gratitude brings peace of mind, folks. Gratitude brings peace of mind. If there's one thing the world in all its unrest and unpeace, that's not an English word, but I'll just use it this morning. There's unpeace in the world today. There is so many civil wars happening around the world. There is so much threat of this happening and that happening, and you're very aware of that with what the media is saying. But I want to tell you, you can have incredible peace in here in the midst of all the unpeace, and it comes through what you speak out of your mouth. It comes through that. He's the God who wants us to lay down and have peace and rest in our lives. I love it. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With what? Thanksgiving. Make your, let your request be made known to God. See, God doesn't guarantee that any, that any type of prayer is going to bring peace. But, but he does guarantee prayer with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving brings peace. It's like, you, you know, when you, when you make a baker cake and you put icing on, you know, it's missing something. You know, that beautiful cream on top of a white sponge cake, it's missing the strawberries. That's what Thanksgiving is. You've got to add strawberries with every prayer. You've got you to add with everything. You got, strawberries for me goes with everything. Chocolate, vanilla, everything. Stra- pre- Thanksgiving goes with everything. That's what you've got to see. We, we, we think... He doesn't, that's the type of prayer where we say to God, God, I just thank you that I know you have my back. God, I thank you that you don't leave me nor forsake me. God, I thank you that all things can work together for good. God, I thank you that you've made me and that makes you look after me. God, I thank you that even though I have a terrible situation, it's not taking you by surprise and I can trust in you in the midst of it. God, I just thank you. Every season it's going to be thank you. I'm grateful, God. So you might say this morning, I don't know what to pray. Why don't you just pray with thankfulness? It's amazing how you can then have a peace in your heart when you pray with thankfulness and gratitude to find out, to know then what you really should pray about. But it all needs to be combined with a good dose of thankfulness and gratitude. It helps us understand that our Father who created everything of this world has got it. And we can have a great gratitude. To, do you know that He made us? In other words, everything you have today your lifestyle, your job, your ability to earn money, your ability to learn, your brains, your intelligence, or whatever it may be, whether you think you've got lots or not, whatever you think you've got, it may be very little that you've got, but what you have got, you've got to think, be thankful because every blessing, ultimately, God is from God. Everything I have is because of him. And if you can acknowledge that, gratitude is the acknowledgement that we're not the sole authors of good in our lives. I'll say it again. Gratitude is the acknowledgement that we are not the sole authors of good in our lives. There's some things we do that create good things for us, but ultimately God. If you could trust him that much. You didn't get where you are today by doing your own. Just It's all about me. I created my world. It's me. It's my finance. It's my wonderful ability. It's my intelligence. It's my gifting. It's my good looks. It's my whatever. I want to tell you, have you ever seen the picture of the turtle on the post? Have you seen, there's one thing about this picture you've got to remember. He didn't get there on his own. <laughs> and neither did you. And so when you have that attitude, gratefulness is... is, 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 is the fruit of that that comes out of your heart. Okay, let's move on. Last thing today. Last thing. 
Verse 4 of Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We're going to take that off and put the... Verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Okay. Here's the point. You know what? The Israelites used to come, uh, the Jewish people had come to the temple. They'd come down through the streets of Jerusalem. They'd be singing this psalm. They'd be, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, all these type of psalms. And as they come through the gates of the outer court of the temple, they'd sing, we're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. That used to be a song. He remembers that. And into his courts with, everybody over 100, praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, wow. Thank you. For everybody in the front row, it's okay. <laughs> oh, in the second row, in the next row. And maybe, no, not that row. <laughs> Even Andrew remembers that song. <laughs> okay, here's the point. As the Israelites came into the temple, the gates would open as they sang this song. And I want to say gratitude opens doors for you that, like, like nothing else. Gratitude opens doors for you. See, the Message Bible of this verse says this. I won't say all of it in the message, but it says, enter with the password. I love this paraphrase. Enter with the password. Thank you. That's what it says in the message. Very paraphrased, but very true. Here's the password for life. Thank you. <laughs> See, gratitude opens the doors. It opens the doors and it flings open the doors. And things like fear, anxiety, worry and concern that want to bind our hearts and hold us captive will have to go in the name of... It's amazing what has to leave when, you, when gratefulness enters the room. It's amazing what has to... Let's finish with this thought. Acts chapter 16. There's this book in the Old New Testament. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and then there's Acts. Acts of the Apostles. And there was a couple of apostles called Paul and Silas. And, and so um, they, were, they were flogged for preaching about Jesus. They were whipped literally. And they were put in the inner prison. Uh, and then if that wasn't enough, they were put in stocks. Um, you know, and, and, and just two or three days before they were whipped and put in prison, James, who was another apostle and disciple of Jesus, was actually murdered for his faith in Jesus. And so you can appreciate Paul and Silas are now in this jail and you could appreciate and you could forgive them and not judge them for the fact that they're probably a little bit concerned about their future. Would you agree? And so, so you know, they're, they're, they're probably thinking this, you know, um, we've been falsely accused, falsely, wrongly treated, and, and, and James has just been killed a couple of days earlier. You know, we're probably dead men. They, they, could be, you could, they could be forgiven for thinking that that's where their future lay and that they didn't have a hope. But it says, it says, at the darkest part of the night, at what? Midnight, they began to sing. You know the story. They began to sing. And they sang a song. And it's amazing how fear, anxiety and worry have to exit when the heart of Thanksgiving enters the room. 
when it enters your heart, it's amazing how those things have got to walk away. They've got to run away. It stands no reason. Um, it stands no reason they were fearful, but they didn't allow the fear to overcome them and consume them. And they started to lift their voice. And it isn't the fact. The truth is, it, it, it wasn't the fact that they sang. It was the fact that they were willing to sing. There's a difference. Because you can sing this morning these songs at church, but is there a willingness? Because the willingness is the thing that attracts God's attention. He attracts it. When, and when gratitude comes from a willingness, even though circumstances do want to tell you everything else to get grumpy and upset and offended and depressed, but you still sing in your midnight moments of life, you'll discover that God opens the doors that no one else can open in your heart to something of an incredible breakthrough. And that's what we started this message with, because the breakthrough comes when we have an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness. And you know, it's interesting... They were willing to be thankful and sing. And, uh, that, and, and uh, it's interesting because the, their verbal gratitude, their verbal gratitude made physical parameters shift. Listen to me. Their verbal praise actually made pr- physical parameters shift. Do you know why I say that? Because when they began to sing, guess what happened? A earthquake erupted, and it says, as the earthquake happened, all the prison doors were what? Open. Come on. All the prison doors opened. Did that happen simply because it was a coincidence? Paul and Silas having a song? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that, you know, what happens in life is that, you know, maybe it's not physical as you begin to give gratitude, but I want to tell you the prison doors of your heart that may want to hold you captive can be flung open. And I tell you, God, that allows something to enter that's going to create incredible peace, joy, hope, and a future and faith in your heart. I love it. I was in, um, last year in July, I experienced an earthquake. And, And very quickly... Um, earthquakes make things shift. Uh, Michelle and I and Lydia flew into an incredible, uh, had an opportunity to fly into Greece, into an incredible city that is literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. It's called Athens. Anybody been there? Oh, just me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I can say whatever I like. No, no, no. No, we went to Athens and uh, we, were, we were staying in the heart of Athens in this four-story apartments. We're on the top floor, the fourth floor, literally just a kilometre um, uh, from uh, Mars Hill where Paul preached the incredible message to the unknown, about the unknown God. And some of you may remember that, Acts chapter 17. Um, so we're literally just a kilometre from there. And so we're in this apartment. We were there two hours, just totally enthralled by this amazing city, hundreds and hundreds of years old. One of the most ancient cities in the world. Athens is mentioned in the New Testament. And yet, two hours and an earthquake erupts. 5.2 on the Richter scale. Um, it, they hadn't experienced an earthquake like this since 1999 in Athens. And we just happened to be there. I thought, God, you could have picked another kind of week. But we're there. 1999 was the last one. 7.4 on the Richter scale killed 146 people in Athens. on the Richter scale, and Michelle and I and Lydia are standing on the fourth floor. Who knows when you go up, the shaking exaggerates. Yep. So we're standing on the fourth floor. This earthquake rumbles across the city like a truck, I thought it was. It was just a groaning of the earth like I'll never forget. And the whole 
place we were, that we're staying in begins to shake. 5.2, things fell off the walls, things moved around. It was amazing to me because they had this granite-based dining room table on the veranda outside of the apartment. This is four floors up, and it was solid. I couldn't even shift it, and yet it shifted a couple inches. I thought, earthquakes move things. Thankfully, no one was killed. Two derelict buildings were destroyed. That was all. No one was living in them. And 140-odd people had to get, um, because the power went off, and they had to get um, the fire brigade to get them out of the lifts. That was the worst of the problems. I was pretty thankful for that. But in hindsight, it was a great experience. But at the time, I was terrified. Because I had booked five nights in this apartment. And this is the first two hours. I thought, gee, welcome to Athens. Here's the point. When, I, I want to say, when Paul and Silas stood in, in that prison with stocks on their feet, and in the midst of the most incredible difficulties probably they've ever experienced, they started to sing a song of praise, things shifted because God shifted them for them. Things shift in your heart. It, it wasn't so much that the prison doors come open. I think it was just a physical manifestation of an inner working that was already happening in hearts and lives. Because when you give gratitude and thankfulness and praise to God, I know things shift in your heart. And you can walk back out of those doors and say, you know what? Something shifted today in my life. And I'm going to hang on to that. And I'm going to believe for that. And when the enemy comes to tell you nothing's changed, you can put it back into his face and say, I believe and I trust my God that things have changed and things have shifted. But you've got to believe for it. You mightn't see any physical manifestation, but I tell you what, the doors of your heart can be flung open in fear and anxiety and broken relationships and offenses and attitudes and everything that you need to yield to God can be, be flushed out and the goodness of God can be poured in. I want to encourage us today in 2020. I don't know what maybe you're facing. Maybe a relationship's gone bad. A workplace is difficult to work in. Maybe your family members, it's just hard to get on with. Maybe depression wants to keep knocking at the door of your heart. I don't know. Maybe hopelessness seeks to overwhelm you sometimes. Maybe there's nothing. You're all good today. That's brilliant. But would you, if something comes this year, would you remember this truth and this in God's word to you today? Lift up your gratitude and watch the gates be flung open under the weight of gratitude. That's what happens. Can we stand this morning and we give him praise one more time as we sing this incredible song? Appreciate you guys. Let's do that. Come on and thank him today one more time.